My guy Jordan, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast, bro. Good to be back, man. You know how to switch up the setup, you know, you know, get into a better space for the aesthetics of the of the episode. <laughs> this is a, a monumental episode, bro. Oh well, yeah, we're coming off a, a monumental event, some yes. would say. So the event of the summer. Yeah. So me the tour of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I don't even know if you're trolling me right now, or if you're actually yeah. being. That's for that's for me to know and the, for the audience to to find out. So me and you recently we went to the final lap. Oh, not Miami. the merch, not the merch. <laughs> this is uh, I mean, this is courtesy of uh, you know Live Nation. So shout out to <laughs> for, the, for the hat. But um, yeah, no, we were recently at the final lap tour, right? Mm-hmm. I thought he put on an incredible show, right? Yeah. You know, celebrating the 20 year anniversary of Get Rich or Die Trying. So, you know, I just kind of want us to discuss a little bit, A, our thoughts on the show. And yeah. then also to, you know, just 50 cents overall legacy. Right. So, I mean, I think we should take it back a little bit though. Like, when's the first time you came about learning about 50 cents? Like, as you came up, like, when was the first, what was that first experience for you when you were younger, right? Finding about, coming about that Get Rich or Die Trying album. So How did you consume it? For me, growing up at that time, it was the whole internet downloading, right? So there was, like, I believe at that time I was using Kaza, K-A-Z-A-A. Mm. Kaza. Yeah. Never heard of that one. Not LimeWire? So that was the OG before LimeWire. Oh, okay. So LimeWire came out. Pioneer. Yeah, Kaza was the original, I remember. Like, Napster was the first, but I was using Kaza. And then later on, after getting so many viruses, and I switched <laughs> to LimeWire. But I remember hearing some of his, like, mixtape stuff. But then I think it was Wangsta where I was like, this guy's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, Get Rich came out, but it leaked well before the release date. So I was hearing that. Right. Because, yeah, that mixtape era, and again, that illegal streaming era, all these songs would get leaked, right? If you looked hard enough, you'll find it, right? 100%. And it's crazy to think that he was building that kind of buzz and that kind of hype right when the internet was still in its you know, relative infancy and social media wasn't even around. Mm-hmm. I just remember hearing it. I'm like, yo, this guy, this guy's sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, so from that moment on, I've like, I've been following his career, like very closely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see the legacy he's built and the run that he went on, which we can kind of get into a little bit later, mm-hmm. but the album was a monumental culture shifting album. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it like reverberated like globally. Like this guy, like he let it be known. Like first it was I'm coming, but now it's like no, I'm here and I'm t- I'm ready to take over. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. And for me, uh, it's a funny story, really and truly, because I wasn't really big on rap growing up, really and truly. Like I was more the R and B guy, or even like more of that pop hip hop, like. Like, I always had, uh, like, Usher CDs, Bow Wow, Nelly, Little Romeo. I had all those CDs. 
just like somehow it just come about them, whether it's just given to me from family members or my mom or just handed down from my brother. But then somehow, some way, like I, don't, I can't even recall how we got the album, right? But we had the 50 Cent album, Get Rich or Die Trying, uh, on a CD player, you know, and then as soon as I popped that in, in my Walkman, like I just couldn't stop listening to it. Like I would just listen to it time and time again and like and it's like it's crazy because like of course like we're listening to it with young ears right our ears aren't developed to the sound and and the melody and, and the lyrics and like what he's trying to do and the production and everything and then you just like it was just so impactful like for me at the time even me being just such a, a novice rap listener Right, but it, it that was the one album I could say really changed my like mindset and and like garnered my interest for rap because that was just one of those albums, especially as an athlete. Like, just that was an album I always had to put put on pregame or during the game or if I'm working out, going for a run. Like, Fifty Cent was the go-to, right? And then just from there, just to see his trajectory from. Get Rich or Die Trying and the movie and then G-Unit and just like what he was able to do with that crew, right? Like something like OVO, he had way before with the unit, like with G-Unit, right? Having a crew of art of, of artists like Tony Yale, The Game, uh, Lloyd Banks, like anything they put out was heat. And that was, it was just their generation. The whole 50 Cent G-Unit mob, like that was the whole generation and like it almost consumed you for a whole whole decade like there was no one that could touch G at that time and and 50 cent was was the main reason for that and again like like i i mentioned with the movie and everything he he has the brains and just the production and the vision and that's why he's just more than just a rapper just an artist like he's a mogul it's true and yeah like and it does bring back those memories like you talked about because I remember like growing up like in the building that I lived in, you know, after school, like my like my house, like me and my brother, would, we would invite our friends over and our house was like the place where everyone came to chill. Mm-hmm. And then someone had his CD, so we would put on the CD player, right? Using Kaza, we would like burn the CDs. Right, right. We all just had our own CD of it, and then yeah, I just I could not stop listening to it. And yeah, I remember like as a kid, like as soon as I had a little bit of cash, yeah, as soon as like I went to the store and I bought a copy of that album. <laughs> had to, had yeah, to that like, cover yeah. art, like you see that cover art, that red, like oh, ah. yeah, Man, it was just and the swag at the time, that New York swag, like yeah, it was right. so influ- it was so influential at the time, and just like. It's crazy. Yeah, and like he was a movement at that time because like literally he had everyone in the schoolyard like saying G unit, like you know what I mean? The hats and everything. Yeah. Rapping the songs like in the club, like wearing the do-rag with the fitted. Like it was yeah. Like it was just it was monumental what he was doing. And I would say that four-year run that he had was yeah it was like the drake before drake like yeah he was the first of his kind and yeah especially because 
Yeah, especially because he wasn't just rapping. Like, he was able to have a track with, like, Justin Timberlake. You know what I mean? Like, he was able to have, like, he was able to make a, a R&B melody, right? He was able to not, he was very versatile for his kind. Like, he was one of those pioneers for being able to almost rap but also have, like, a melodical sound with, on a R&B, with an R&B artist, right? Like, he was one of a kind, right? And that's why he was so impactful, right? Because he was, he, and he had, he had his beefs where he, he would go at the top of dogs, right? It was him and Kanye at one time going at each other right and like for him to aim at top dogs like he was that guy right he was and it's it's crazy to think about but like this guy what he just managed to do within that time frame to me it has never really been rivaled like there's people who have had their runs and they've had their moments but this guy was everywhere bro like this guy was doing movies he yeah. was doing video games. Yeah, he was doing yeah. Vitamin water. He had the the Reebok G Unit sneakers. I remember I owned a couple of pairs. Yeah, it's crazy. Clothes, yeah, he had the clothing collaboration with Mark Echo. Like this guy was doing anything and everything. Yeah, and then you see like those uh, commercials where he's freestyling with Jay Z, right? And then so this guy was just a movement, right? Yeah. It's impressive that he managed to do all this without having IG, without having Twitter, Facebook, none of these things. Like, he was just doing it all off of his buzz and the amount of, like, music and content that he was putting out for that time. Like, mm -hmm. like it, it, the way he was branded coming into it was genius, but then he had the music to follow. Like, even when he was performing, he did, I think he did, like, about 31 songs. And what's crazy is that he probably had more hits that wasn't even included in his set list that he could have done. 100%. Like, 100%. He didn't even do a lot of the G-Unit tracks that were hits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's some songs off of Get off of Get Rich or Die Trying that he admitted. Some songs yeah. off of, like, The Massacre and Curtis that he admitted. Like, he yeah. easily could have gone. He could have gone for two hours. He could have went deep, deep in a bag. Yeah. Like, he has so many songs, really and truly. But he, he I, I'd have to admit, like, if we do the recap of the concert, like, you put on a great show, really and truly. Like, um, all in all, like, when I pulled up, I pulled up just um, almost as Busta Rhymes was ending. Uh, and so I saw all of 50, but I wanted to see some of the opening acts. Um, I'm guessing Presta didn't come, perform. I think it was just Jeremiah. And and Buster Rhymes that performed, mm -hmm. um, but Fifty stole the show. Like I, I didn't expect him to have so much theatrics. Uh, I didn't expect him to have so much like fireworks and um, all the props that he put out and all like the um, uh, what's it called? The things that shot out like the the confetti, uh, the confetti and all the stuff that he had there. Like I wasn't expecting all that, and he just he just brought it out. The outfit changes, like yeah. seamless outfit changes. You know, just he took us through the whole journey, and it was it was amazing. Like even though I was out in Lawn, like like you could see the atmosphere that he created there was was amazing, and definitely probably one of the best concerts I've been to this year for sure.
But who knows? Because I got a Drake com- concert coming up in LA. So yeah, let, oh, let going- me not speak too soon. <laughs> you're oh, you're going to LA for the concert? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's gonna be a good one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I have to come back and give the recap for sure. Definitely, yeah, bro. You you have to, man. From what I remember, like seeing Drake a few times, he's a great performer. But, yeah, he puts on a great show. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. But back to fifty, man. Back to 50, fifty. Yeah. Amazing show. Um, the only thing that I was hopefully looking for, like I know he brought out Jeremiah, but I was just, I just thought he would do. I thought I would see like Lloyd Banks or something. Just get into that G Unit bag. Like I, I, I wish I got a bit of a G Unit re- reunion or Tony Ayo or something. But um, yeah, other, he, like again, Yeo has so many tracks. Hits. Yeah, because Yeo even has some hits too that I thought like you know he could have performed. There was saying. one where there was one part where it was I think she was a like it was a solo dancer, mm-hmm. and he came and he was sitting on a chair and she started like dancing around him. And then you could hear a little bit of drop it like it's hot. So yeah. I'm thinking, like, is this guy about to bring Snoop out right now to perform yeah. the track? And then they're going to do, like, the PIMP remix or something. I don't know, but I just thought Snoop was going to come out when I heard that. And then, unfortunately, it didn't happen. And then when I heard him do the um, the song Crack a Bottle, I'm yeah. like, is this guy about to bring Eminem out? Because Detroit's <laughs> not too far. So I'm yeah. like, this guy might bring Eminem out, but... He didn't come out either, but yeah. honestly, I think he had enough for a good show that he didn't really necessarily need to bring in special guests. Yeah, because like you said, he had the confetti. He had like the fire that was coming out of like the pyrotonic. Yeah, that's what they're called. He had the live band, the guitarist, the pianist, the the drummers, right? The the stage lighting, the yeah. The actual setup of the stage, like it was just a really good show. Yeah, he put a lot into it. Like sometimes you see with these, uh, um, these like um, veteran shows, like they just come, they show up, they just you know collect the quick bag, and then they're on their way, right? Yeah. So like now with Fifty, you know, he he he's such a mogul, he's such a a visionary that he's not just gonna. Whatever he do, whatever he does, he's gonna put his all into it, right? And you see that in in his ability to perform. And I was glad to to get a chance to um, see Fifty because I've never seen Fifty, and it's a pleasure to be able to uh, re relive that that moment from as a kid, and then see him live, right? And just get that experience. Yeah, and the thing is too is like when he was the age that we're at now, we were kids. So we ain't going to no concert to see yeah. him, right? So we're just looking at the music. We're just watching the music videos and consuming the music. So we didn't get to have that experience. So it was really good that he did this and that he got to connect with, like, his ex- like the fans who grew up watching him, but then also to the people who were in their 20s who were going through their, you know, adult life and college years listening to him, right? And honestly, it just kind of goes to show that when you focus on making classical art, it will last the test of time. Because you hear these rappers who are, you know, they're setting these tour dates and they have to cancel some shows or they got to cancel their tour. But you would think that, you know, these guys are current 
and that they're the hottest rappers in the world, but it just doesn't resonate the way his does, right? So I think it just, it shows the longevity and it shows that his music over the test of time, it has lasted the test of time. So Yeah, I agree. And I agree. And I feel like I'm just like, I'm in this point where I, I'm just focused on seeing these legacy acts. Like, I'm glad I got to see Jay-Z on his 444 tour. I'm glad I'm able to see 50 Cent on his final lap tour. And I think it's just very important to see these these legacy acts because you never know when you'll, you won't get a chance to see them. Right. So, and these, these legacy acts are the one that shaped your, your whole upbringing. So, and, and all these classical songs that they put out, like you have to see that stuff live. Right. Even though like another thing, like he, the sound wasn't the greatest, right. And being older now, but like the performance, the energy was still there. Right. So, and, and with that and the atmosphere, and you know Toronto crowds aren't the greatest, mm-hmm. really and truly, but it, it's still good to to get a chance to see them in, in, the, you know, in our hometown. I agree, and I think like it really hit me when I saw Buster Rhymes perform because I'd never seen him perform live before. But I used to like I always heard he was a really high energy performer, and I watched some of his mm-hmm. stuff on YouTube, and I seen the stuff that he was doing, like. Think about who is like some of the best performers now, and Buster Rhymes was that on like steroids, not literally, mm-hmm. you know, like this yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and then to kind of see now, like he still had the energy, he still had the hype, but you could see, age-wise, he's gone older. It's natural, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it kind of hit me, like, yo, we're really in real time, watching the people we grew up on get older. Yeah. So. It's good to see them going out there and, you know, reminding the audience, letting them to relive those experiences, but also reminding the younger audience, too, that, hey, like, I do this, right? But there is an element of sadness to it because, like, damn, they're really getting older. Like, because 50 Cent, like that album cover, this guy's like a real-life superhero. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, he is getting a little bit, he is getting older, you know, like we all are, but it's just, it's just... It's, I guess it's a cycle of life, but I agree with you on, like, you know, going to see, like, some of these legacy acts, right? Because my biggest wish is I could have got to see Michael Jackson live. Right. I, I would have loved to see him perform live. You know what I mean? Even yeah. That, that's, that sort of thing will stay in your mind forever, right? Yeah. So it's like you, you do got to kind of appreciate them while they're doing it because one day they will get older, right? And yeah. you think about it, 50 Cent is 48. Drake is 36. Yeah. That's only a 12-year age gap. Right. So one day Drake will get up there too, right? And then he will become a legacy act. And then there will be a new young rapper that's the the it person, right? So, Or maybe not. Like, I think we're, we're losing these type of artists, right? The 50 Cent, the Jay-Z, the Kanye, uh, Drake is on the later half, but we'll put we can put Drake on the on the veteran half now. The J Cole, Kendrick, um, these type of generational artists, I don't think, I it doesn't seem like we're gonna get that again. Like we had a great, we were blessed, really and truly, in the two thousands to have the artists that we did have, and then the 2010s, a new flock of artists came, right? In the 2020s, 
we find ourselves here and it's slowly we're hanging on by a thread with Drake and and not even Kanye but Drake and and J. Cole and Kendrick. Uh and that's that's pretty much it, right? Like the the big Shans, the ones that are in middle tier, Wale's, they're slowly, you know, dying off in terms of their relevancy. Um and now if we're looking at these these newer artists, really, truly, it doesn't seem like they have that same longevity influence or impact or vision or just ability to be a mogul or have that longevity in in art over a long period of time, right? It's almost like these artists now are we're in this kind of TikTok generation uh, where everything is, is almost short-lived, the short-lived moment, right? It doesn't have that same longevity. Like an album like Get Rich or Die Trying, there's nothing like that today, right? There's no album that we're listening to day in, day out until like Drake drops or one of those top um, top tier acts, right? Any other artist, it's one play or that one time I'm driving, I'm going to give it the car test and then that's it, right? So that's why it's even more important just to to focus in and attend these legacy concerts because who knows where the direction of hip-hop in these 50 years, 20-year anniversary of, of Get Rich or Die Trying, who knows what hip-hop looks like in the next 50 years. Yeah, and that's it. And you kind of bring up an interesting conversation, right? Because I always kind of wrestle with this, you know, is... Is hip-hop a culture or is it just a genre of music, right? And sometimes a part of me says, like, okay, you know, I guess it is a culture because of the influence that it has. But at the same time, I don't like the idea of it necessarily being considered a culture. Um, just because of the, the certain background stuff that goes on with it. Like, just the fact that the people who kind of drive the culture forward don't necessarily have much ownership in it mm -hmm. and the fact that we can even have a conversation like this and not know the direction it's going in in 30 years yeah. that kind of makes it not a culture because with culture there's like consistency right? right it's like there's certain parameters and rules and guidelines that everyone knows that they just go by so when you look at like certain cultural traditions, the way they did it a hundred years ago, it's still happening this way today. And then they know in a hundred years, it'll still be that same way. But yeah. if you just think about the landscape of how much hip hop has changed from mm -hmm. the time, like from its inception, like, cause it's turning 50 years, right? So from how yeah. it was 50 years ago to now, it's changed a lot. And you could make the case that, okay, culture is designed to shift and evolve. But then if it shifts and evolves, is that really a culture or is that a genre, right? right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I always kind of have that back and forth. But going to that concert, honestly, bro, like it did kind of make me love the genre again because it made me realize that this is like, yes, what's happening today now, there's a lot of gimmicks. There's a lot of like clownish stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that old guy on the lawn that, you know, criticizes yeah. So I just say, hey, you know what? These guys are doing their thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's for me, right? But yeah. seeing that performance and being there, it, it kind of reminds yeah. me, okay, this is the genre that 
I loved. You know what I mean? This is a genre that I fell in love with. This is what this is what meant a lot to me growing up and why I even got into it in the first place. Hundred percent. But I just feel like going back to your your last point about the shift in culture, uh we look at the BET Awards that just passed, right? And with the BET Awards, they did a performance where they went back and they started out with like two, like 90s rap or 80s rap or yeah, 80s rap. And they went to the 90s and then they went to the 2000s. Then they went to the Coil Ray and then they went to the whoever else, right? But that shift, I just see it getting a bit worse. I don't see it getting, getting better, right? You see that shift in culture and we're rapping different we're now it's turning into just like a, a like bops and we're getting into this the cycle of sampling samples like if you heard that nle chopper um whatever that was it needs to be thrown out it needs to be put in water or something um <laughs> or put in rice but golly i don't i don't know i don't know if i could say that i have fell in love back in love with the genre because I still know what the genre is. I know that little Uzi Vert one had was the first hip hop album that was number one on the Billboard charts. And that's not a hip hop album in my point in my from my perspective. And that's not something that I'm gonna play like a get Richard I trying. Like I'm gonna listen through if I can even listen through, try to find those one two tracks that I enjoy put it on a playlist and then that's that's it with that album right but that's in today's generation today's culture of hip-hop that's the number one album yeah and i think i think what he like what 50 did like it was a moment right like him coming out was a moment jay-z had a moment right these like there's certain eras and moments that it just, you cannot recreate, you can't replicate. It just has to happen organically. Yeah. You're right, hip hop, like when I'm saying I fell back in love with it, I don't mean like I love the genre guy, I just meant with that era, it reminded me of why I liked it to begin with because I stopped yeah. listening to it now. But it was, just, <laughs> it was refreshing to see what yeah. it once was, right? It was like a reminder that this is what it once was. And you're right, it has really, it has devolved into like I don't know what it is now, but mm -hmm. it's it's because they're always trying to mass produce, right? It's like yeah, and then we have AI coming in too. Yeah, and it's just everything's just being mass produced. Like now they're just it's like a, a fact. It's like an assembly line hip hop. That's all it is now. It's just assembly yeah. line music. Like okay, you want good production? You say a few mumbles, do it in a melodic way. The engineer. Yeah fix it up clean it up and then we're just going to release it to streaming services yeah there's no feeling anymore like there's get rich or die trying trying was a feeling it was you heard oh oh no stop oh oh manny man what yeah like, that true. was a feeling like that takes you back to like damn like that intro that little skit at the beginning like it's i i don't know if i could feel the same with the artists of today and like i can't say that I'm 20 years from now, from the Uzi album, I'm going to be like, yo, Uzi's going on a final lap. I got to go on it. Like, I don't think that can happen with these artists that we have here today. It's like, I can't see majority of these artists 
still touring like a 50 cent would with a legacy tour like this. They can. Because I don't think they have the same passion. Like, yes, they, they, they're talented and they're, they can go in the studio with the producers that we have, these high level producers, and they can make something sound good, right? And sound like addictive to this generation, but it's, it's, it's all just like noise at the yeah, end of the day. There's no feeling. It's true. And if you, like, if you look at it, right, I think it was, was it Lil Durk? Mm-hmm. Like, he had like he had a lot of dates, and I think he had to cancel some dates, right? Yeah, I think he got sick or something. Like, I actually bought uh, tickets to that concert because they were cheap, mm-hmm. and they were cheap for a reason, because now they're in a to-be-determined status, right? So, And that's the thing, like, and that's not to knock it him right there's no slight against him but it's just missing that it's missing like you said it's just missing that that feeling that you get when you listen to it and it's just missing that that touch that just not every artist has i believe yeah. little baby isn't the same thing happening with him that he had a tour then he had to cancel dates He's canceled some dates yeah but these are supposed but these are the premier artists of this generation and yeah. i just seen a video of uh 50 and, like and busta they were backstage mm-hmm. and then they were saying like yo you sold six hundred thirty thousand tickets yeah within a couple of days of you announcing this tour like, right quality music is gonna last long and it's gonna last timeless long. yeah yeah it's timeless if right? they're struggling now there's no way 20 years from now i'm gonna be like yo i need to go to that legacy dirt tour. Yeah, and the thing is, like, because the music is just being mass produced and put out now, right? Yeah. What are you going to celebrate in twenty years if you put out like three albums within the same year? Yeah. Like, you know, it's a good run for the moment. Like, you know, you're going to get your streams. You're going to hit Billboard. You're going to, in the short term, you're going to do something. Yeah. But we know '03 was the year of Get Rich or Die Trying, right? Yeah. But if you put, if an artist puts out three albums and puts out three albums and a bunch of singles within the same year in 20 years right. from now, what what lap what final lap are you going to be doing like what is going to be your moment like yeah. what celebrate you just mass produced a bunch of body work and just put it out yeah i mean and it's fast because like even like when i was in the lawn and thinking about what songs he's gonna do like i can easily name like 10 songs that he had to perform mm-hmm. easily with like artists of today, like I could like I don't know, there's so much songs, like what is gonna be his set list? Like I don't know, like he could play anything and then it's gonna be like, Oh, okay, like I don't know about this one. But like you know with fifty if every track is gonna be just one of those tracks that's memorable and that's because of the impact that certain songs had during that time. But nowadays, like, we're not going to get that because there's a million songs. Like, yes, they have their one hit single, but what's that, you know? Like, you, that's not the whole that's not the whole thing that's going to attract you to say, yo, I have to go to this. But with 50, you know that you have to go there. I had to hear P.I.M.P. I had to hear In the Club. I had to hear Wankster. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... So, and- 
kind of because we mentioned him earlier, we were talking about like Drake and how you were going to his show, right? Like, I kind of, I personally, and maybe this has happened, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think if Drake had developed some kind of like dynamic with a guy like 50, I think that kind of perspective would help him, right? Because I find with Drake that sometimes he forgets how impactful he truly is, I think, because I think he, he he gets caught up in the game of like, you know, staying relevant and, you know, trying to be on top of what the latest trends are, right? Yeah, you can see that with how he, he, he does it every time it's near Avavola. He always reaches out to the younger crowd, the younger generation. He'll do these interviews, you see, with the Bobby uh, Alt- Altoff or whatever her name is. You see those interviews seeking out a younger generation. You see him going on uh, side talk, NYC, right? Doing all these things that will reach to the younger generation and help him stay relevant. Um, of course, like that's that's his thing, right? He always like puts forth a a younger mindset. He always acts in a in a in a way that the younger generation could still be attracted to it, right? And I I think it's part of his genius in in one sense, but um how he grows and matures from that and is seen as more as as a as a 50 cent type mogul um in an executive producer role um i think he i think he he can tap into it but again he he's a chameleon right whatever he has to adapt to he, he's gonna do right and that's the thing i think there's certain things where i've seen him do something where it's like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, bro. Right? Yeah. I don't want to get into like, you know, too much specifics, but you know, you mm-hmm. can piece together what I'm talking about with the yeah. the hand stuff. But <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean like this is Drake, we really don't know who he is. As like you we I, really don't. Like listen, to each their own people can do what they want to do, right? Yeah. Whatever floats your boat, go ahead. You do that, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think someone of his status and his stature. I think if that's a style, that's a style. Cool. But if it's something that you're doing to garner attention for yourself, I think that's something that's beneath your dignity. Like I think as Drake, you set the trends and others should follow. And right. I think you know, and I, I don't necessarily blame him because just the time that we're living in is you always want to kind of keep up with what's, yeah. what's and exactly and, and he does a good job of adapting to the times that's why us ogs um we're the, gonna be the ones the old people get off my lawn like with that type of, type I'm of perspective actively, i'm actively like fighting that even though i see a yeah. lot of things that i don't understand but rather than complain i just say hey you know what that's not for me yeah and you know, it's something to think about because, you know, even us as like uh, content creators, right? We have to figure out how to navigate these different waters, right? But, mm-hmm. and we're still learning as we go, obviously, but I think the key thing is really just the authenticity of it. Yeah. And I think to tie it back in with what we just, like that performance we just saw, it was authentic to who he was, right? So when he's going on this tour, he's doing it the way he sees fit. And we, over the past 20 years, we saw his evolution, right? right? So I think it's just about 
authenticity has to be the key. Now, that's not to say Drake's not an authentic dude. I think there's a certain level of authenticity. I mean, you don't get to where he is not being that way. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes he gets too caught up in the social media world and not enough of just like saying, yo, like, forget all that noise. I'm yeah. Drake at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I feel similar, similar to Weekend. Drake likes to put forth different types of characters um, to roll out his album. Like, we're seeing this new album that's coming out, um, All the Dogs, right? Uh, or For All My Dogs, whatever the case may be. It's, and he's wearing the dog mask. He's giving hints here and there, right? So, I mean, he likes to put on, put forth a character and he always has to change and adapt. That's why, yes, he is authentic because we just, we know him for so long. But again, it's not the authenticity as a 50 cent where he could just be 50 and we know that we're going to enjoy that. He doesn't have to adapt to something else or adapt to something that he's not just to please a current generation, right? His gener- his authenticity will speak to an older generation and a, cult- a, a current generation just so they know he's, he's 50 Cent, Curtis Jackson. It's true. And, like, you know, with the authenticity, right? Because he was... He was a troll before we ever knew what that term was, right? Like you see mm-hmm. how he did how to rob and that got the attention of people. And right. He used the music as a way to like troll people to generate that energy and that attention for himself, right? Yeah. And then he carries that into like other fields of business, right? So when he was doing power and then Empire kinda ripped off their marketing a little bit, he started trolling yeah. Empire. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so that's but he's always been that way. So he, in that sense, you know, he's authentic. He's true to himself, right? Mm-hmm. And I find it very impressive that we live in such a hypersensitive generation. And he still managed to never get canceled, even though he still, even yeah. though he still speaks the same way he used to back then, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, he has a filter to some degree. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like... He goes on IG, he talks his shit. <laughs> yeah, like the whole Floyd Mayweather saga was yeah. timeless, right? So it's it's interesting, you know, but uh, yeah, no, definitely I enjoyed it. And it kind of made me think with all the stuff that we said about him and his impact on hip hop and stuff like that, right? When we When the conversation comes up and we're discussing like who are some of the all-time greats, mm-hmm. you think... Like, do you think he's earned a spot in that conversation? I think he definitely needs to be brought up, right? Because, uh, like we said, back to that four-year run that he did have, like he was hottest, he was hottest fish grease. So, and then for us, like it was just such an impactful time growing up that it's hard for someone to be that hot at the top of the game at one point of their career and for them to be still relevant in different areas of business um, and TV and music and then these different things to be someone that has successfully um, done things at a high level and different 
um, spaces, you definitely have to hold that to a high regard. And again, it's for me personally, he's definitely one of those all-time greats for sure. Like we went on for almost an hour now just speaking solely about 50 and his whole legacy and his impact. Um, it's hard for me not to include him in an all-time great list. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. So you remember when we were growing up and we were mm -hmm. like middle school, we used to use that website, VibeTO. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember one time, like, like I was like, a huge 50 fan right like games the movie the clothes the sneakers like yeah yeah all that fan, right and then i remember i used to like debate with people from school like yo this guy's the greatest of all time right and this is me like 12 13 years old saying this kind of stuff right right and i remember some girls like oh i dare you to put that on vibe to say he's the greatest <laughs> of all time right and then i want you to see what happens to your popularity <laughs> So I literally did a thread at that time. Yeah. Now, if you're from Toronto, you know Vibe To You, you know how it works. <laughs> so I literally did a thread. 50 Cent is the greatest rapper of all time. And then, bro, I was getting eviscerated. <laughs> but that was me saying it like in 06, 07, right? Yeah. But me saying it at that time, it was madness to even talk like that. But you fast forward... 15 years later it's not that far-fetched but no, not at all. The reason, so the reason i was seeing it at that time aside from the fact that you know i was just a young kid who was a fan of him it was just the fact that i was looking at where his trajectory was going and at that moment i didn't really see anyone who either had done what he was going to do and there was no one on the horizon who was going to do it but this right. was the era before drake right but even with what drake did it's very similar to what 50 did. Like, it's not like he took what 50 did and blew it out the water. It's very comparable, right? right? So I still believe that middle school me. <laughs> if you want to make the argument, and I probably would make the argument that he's top two and not two, wow. I, would, I would be comfortable saying that only because I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the moment that he had, the impact what he was able to do with it, right? But then, you know, Lil Wayne had a great run too, so I can't discount him. And Jay-Z yeah. has been the model for consistency, so I can't just, I'm not going to discount those guys either. Like every yeah. rapper that you see today, 80% of them are just imitations of, of Lil Wayne. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that mixtape run that he had was inspired by the mixtape run that 50 had right mm -hmm. and then the albums that he was selling within a first week we've seen 50 do that before so he definitely deserves a spot i think in that conversation i don't think it's something that people can just dismiss so right. i mean i personally have him in my top five might have to say he's top two not two but i, I mean have hey to you might have to find that uh that vibe to yo uh, <laughs> And put it as a cover art. <laughs> that 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 that's probably long gone, but it's just interesting how it was just something that I remembered. I don't know. I was just thinking about that like after the show was on. Like I remember I got killed for saying that 15 years. <laughs> I said it now. I don't think the reaction would be as strong. Hey man, it, it could be worse. You know, you could be uh, 
be the voice of one thing and then killing people for that same thing you said. So could be worse. Yeah, you're right. It could be worse. You could be uh you could be on a Lizzo's tour crew. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? And you, you could be trying to um eat and you know, just try to look like Lizzo and just enjoy yourself and you know, have a freedom to not watch what you're at what you're eating. And then, you know, before you know it, you're, you're getting cooked off the tour because you thought um, it was a, a body body shaming free yeah. environment. But uh, who knows? Bro, <laughs> but we could, we could switch it to that topic, actually, because when I read that, bro, it was so hilarious to me, right? And I know usually when we see celebrities get lawsuits, right, mm-hmm. we usually think, okay, yeah, this is just a, this is just a cash grab, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I seen a former creative director come out, and then I think someone else recently who was associated with the tour that used to work on that tour, but then they left. I'm like, I, 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 I can I can believe this to be honest, because the words they used to describe her were the exact words that I would use to describe her. Mm-hmm. Which is arrogant and self-centered. Yeah. Like for you to go to a Lakers game and wear pants with like your like just just do what you did like show your <laughs> like show your ass in an arena where there could be kids present and you think that's okay but if anyone else had done that they would have got kicked out of the arena that tells me a lot about her character so i find it very funny that the woman who became the face of you know being a victim of body shaming is now the one that's actually doing it like you can't write a script better than this, bro. <laughs> hypocrites, man. The hypocrites everywhere. We're all we're all hypocrites. Uh, what can you say, really and truly? It's just, it's a shame. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, these artists are all just a persona, a character, and they have to fulfill whatever that character is. They have to speak to an audience. They have to try to um, garner as much of a community as they can and that's what Lizzo did she 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 was the champion of of um body positivity and she she expressed it as such uh but this doesn't vote well for her at all as being the voice uh of the of this body positivity uh community so i i don't know where she goes from her i i don't know if there is much of Lizzo, to be honest. I know she's a, a great talent. Like, you know, she's, she's able to um, play instruments and sing, and, and she's a, an actor and or actress, and she has many talents, but um, telling the truth is not one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, when I seen that story about the whole banana situation, I'm like, that's disgusting, bro. Yeah. Like, I couldn't look at bananas the same after, but I'm like, damn, like, like, it's just, it's very weird. And I just, honestly, I couldn't help but think, like, could you imagine if this was a male artist who was doing mm-hmm. that? Like, yeah. imagine if it came out that, you know, who would you say is like, someone who represents like positivity as a male artist like who would you say would be that voice sam smith (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, but perfect. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's a um, he, he's a white dude, so they might give him. A pass. Um, I'm... <laughs> but Jeff could do whatever. Um, after that that performance at the Grammys, <laughs> he could do whatever. Um, no. Um, who would be a good example? It has to be someone that's like uh, uh, can't say can't say not J Cole. It has to be like a, a newer artist. Newer male artist that's very, you know, uplifting. Let's do huh? Little Nas X. Let's say Little Nas X. Like, Little Nas X. Because to me, he's like another virtue signaler. But let's just say that this guy was using homophobic slurs on like his crew members on tour or whatever, right? Well, that's a good comparison. Yeah. I don't even know if he would really get heat. He might get heat. <laughs> I definitely think the reaction of what he. For him doing it, I definitely think he would be met with a lot more anger than mm-hmm. I think what Bizzle was getting. You know what I mean? Like a I lot more cancellation. Yeah, definitely a lot more cancellation. I think if you take, let's take a guy like Chance the Rapper. He's a relatively harmless guy. Yeah, Chance is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say it came out that Chance the Rapper was the atheist. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy was behaving in a very you know unholy like manner. Like he's doing the exact same things that Lizzo was doing. You know, yeah, he's burning, he, and, he, and you find him out, he's burning Bibles and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was gifted a Bible, and he tossed it out the window. <laughs> I guarantee you there would be an investigation into him. Yeah. And I think there would be lawyers who would be front and center willing to represent those people, and they would have a huge press conference, right, and then they would do a press conference and say, you know, we want justice against Chance the Rapper, right? Hashtag cancel Chance the Rapper. Like, there would be a huge movement surrounding it, right? Yeah. But with her, it's going to be nothing more than a trending topic. And we're probably not even going to see how these laws yeah, unfold. Yeah, I think it's, at the end of this, this could be, again, one of the podcast topics this week. Yeah. And next week, it's forget about it That's yeah. It, yeah, yeah. and you'll forget it like we'll all forget that it ever happened you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it'll it'll go on the wind you know what i mean with yeah. uh, with little babies cancel tour dates but <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's interesting. i agree even too when i seen those clips of uh cardi b you know throwing yeah. her phone at a dj at the end of her performance yeah, let's yeah just say, i saw that yeah yeah let's just say, a dj and then now she she's doing in the crowd as well, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's crazy because like you, you see her promoting women or people throwing water on stage to like almost get her like wet or make it seem like sexy and appealing. But then the one time someone does it, right? And she throws a mic at them, now it's oh like, you know, like where's like no way any male performer could throw a mic at someone, they'll end up like Tori. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine Future's performing at a club at the end of his set. He takes a mic, he throws it at a female DJ, bro. He would get charged. He would get charged yeah, for with, sure. like, aggravated assault. Like, there would be something. 100%. Right? Yeah. So, I think it just kind of shows the double standard, you know, that we have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, like, that's what happens when, when, when the generation, the genre of hip hop is in. The hands of females, right? Which means yeah. they they're, they're dominating the, the sport, so they can do whatever they like. And it's so crazy how, like, 
the females are coming. I'm not going to say they're better rappers. They're not. But mm -hmm. they're coming with the more aggressive bars. Aggressive, creativity, yeah. Yeah, and then the guys are just, they're all looking alike. They're all sounding alike. And they're trying to express vulnerability in their music. It's like, how, how did this transition happen? Like, you know, <laughs> like, well, what's going on here? Like, it, Roll reversal. Roll reversal. <laughs> yeah but uh overall though listen final live tour was a crazy show yeah there you go live nation stamp 50 cent top two not two right uh -huh. <laughs> but you know what maybe it's a prisoner of the moment you know we're fresh off the tour so yeah, maybe it's yeah. a prisoner of the moment thing i'm gonna have to marinate on it <laughs> my opinion hasn't changed much in 15 years but you know i'd have to really think about how i want my list to look but i'm, I'm comfortable for now seeing that yeah i mean again i have a drake concert coming up right <laughs> in two weeks so i don't want to say too much on on 50 cents concert being the greatest one i've attended this summer because i might be blown away and uh, all i'm saying yusuf is if that that concert is 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 what it's been put out to be and in social media and everywhere we we're gonna have a long conversation all right and then all this all this um bad talk or negative talk directed at Drake and the boy will have to be put to an end honestly, I'm not even coming at, like honestly I'm not even coming with like no hating talks or anything like that like He's one of my favorite rappers. He's one of my favorite rappers all time. He's one of my favorite artists right now. It's just, I guess, what, I guess the trajectory and the level that I had him on, or that I still have him on, if, if you were to tell me right now that I think Drake is the greatest rapper of all time, I'm not even going to challenge you on it. I wouldn't wholeheartedly disagree, because I do have him in my top five, maybe even top three. I'd have to meditate on that list a little bit. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have a problem with you putting him there, right? It's just, I guess, the standard that I hold him to. Mm -hmm. I guess I just see certain things that I thought were a little bit unbecoming of someone Wait. in that stature. So you're saying you can't put a, a like a bisexual man in, in your top five? <laughs> I I don't even know that he is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get no. You're gaslighting him. You're gaslighting. I'm not gaslighting. <laughs> He's gaslighting himself. Like, okay, if you're gonna do it, do it. Why do you have to draw attention that you did it? That's just yeah. my thing. You're, like, why are you putting yourself out there? Like, if you're gonna do it, just do it. Yeah. But why do you got to showcase like the color and like why? Like why? And if you're not trying to get attention for yourself, then why are you doing it? I know. Oh, I know. Uh, no, I'll be there. Crypto Arena, Jersey Drake, It's a Blur, 21 Savage, special guests, live in concert, you know. That's all I got to say, man. Paint your nails, put beads <laughs> in your hair, do what you got to do, turn up, that's it. <laughs> I agree with you. You lost me after painting your nails stuff. That's, that's what people want to do. They can do it, but. Honestly, from what I've seen on IG, it does look like a good show with the hologram, you know, handing him his book. It's a fire show, right? So, look, I'm sure you're going to have a great time. I'm sure the yeah. production will probably be even better than what we saw at the 50 concert. That will probably be, for you, that, like, 
But if you say that's the performance of the summer, the concert of the summer, I'm not even going to knock you for it. Like, it looks right. like it's a really good show, right? Mm-hmm. You just, if you run into Drake and... Yeah, I'll, I'll put a word in for sure. If, if I happen to be in the aisle where he's walking down, I'll, I'll check his hands to see, you know, if, yeah. if he's fine or not. I'll be like, yo, fam, you need to fix it up. My boy yeah. said, you know, my co-host is like, yo. Give him no polish removal. I'll <laughs> give it to you, bro. Yeah, let's throw it on stage. Let's throw it on stage. Like the bras. Just don't, him, just don't let him throw a mic at you, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he won't get away from it, so I might, I might let him do it. Yeah. I can charge him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jordan, this was, a, this was a fun episode. You know, I liked this conversation. Mm-hmm. It was great having you on. You know, definitely look to future episodes, you know. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah. Let me know how that Drake show was. For sure, for sure. There's more to cook up, man. We're just getting started. Most definitely, bro. But Jordan, appreciate your time as always. Looking forward to having you on future episodes, my guy. Yes, sir. Take care, man. Take care, bro.